0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend, made it to a Monday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio on this Monday, August 1st. August is here. Football cannot be that far away. NFL starts whenever, after Labor Day, but college football, September 1st. I guess if you're an Illinois fan, a little earlier than that. Of course. Yeah. Whatever. They're playing Wyoming. Nobody cares. (laughs) Penn State and Purdue on September 1st, Thursday night football. High school football is two and a half weeks away in Kentucky. I'm excited. Good to be here. Good to be back. Good to be feeling better. You ever go to the emergency room? I uh, did. Yeah, many I, times. Yeah, I did last Wednesday. Got I didn't get a clean bill of health. <laughs> <laughs> At my age and girth, I don't think I'm ever going to get a clean bill of health. But uh, I love it when they say, okay, here's your prescription. We didn't find any blood clots. Everything looks okay. It looks like an infection. Take this pill. And follow up with your primary care physician one week from today, which would be August 3rd. It would be this Wednesday. So you go home and you call the doctor, right? And you say, hey, doc, uh, just got home from the emergency room. Of course, you're not talking to the doctor. Just got home from the emergency room, and I wanted to uh, get a follow-up. We can get you in August 5th. Well, that's, uh, that's nine days after my emergency room visit. I'm still not feeling great here. All right. So I'm going to the doctor Friday, 730 in the morning. Now, the infection in my leg feels like it's gone, but it's now in my jaw. And my wife conveniently tells me over the weekend, you know, uh, jaw pain is a sign of a heart attack. Okay, now I'll sleep well tonight. Thank you for that. God love her. She means well. M&M Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. You can uh, call, be part of the show that way, or you can text the show on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member wins $10,000. That happens all summer long with a uh, grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app. That's step one. Step two is click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. Two-step process. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, hot dogs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. I do feel better, Jim. I don't want you worried over there. I'm not too worried. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear any alarm in your voice, that's for sure. (laughs)
1: I didn't dial 9-1 and wait.
0: Uh, You know, you might want to. (laughs) Okay, You might want to. Um, All right. I've got to talk about Deshaun Watson. I don't want to talk about Deshaun Watson, but I will. But I begin today with Bill Russell. Bill Russell, legendary Celtics player, Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame coach. You don't see that combo very often. Bill Russell won 11 championships for the Celtics in 13 seasons. He is known as the be- the greatest winner in all of sport. Why is he not known as the greatest player in uh, basketball? Why is he not considered the greatest player in NBA history? Well, it's because he only averaged 19 points a game. But he created a stat. When you create a stat, that puts you on a different level. When you create a statistic. And block shots were not a statistic in the NBA. They were not. However, he made them a statistic. There are block shots kept track of now because somebody went, you know, this guy's knocking a lot of shots out of the air. And they're scoring a lot of points going the other way because he's keeping them in bounds. Maybe we should make a stat here. Maybe we should make a stat. Remember, sack was not a stat in the NFL. Until Deacon Jones started tackling the quarterback a lot behind the line of scrimmage. And somebody finally said, that's a pretty big play in these games. Maybe we should make a stat of it. Bill Russell created the block shot statistic in the NBA. I learned a lot over the last 24 hours reading about Bill Russell. He wasn't drafted by the Celtics. He was drafted by the St. Louis Hawks. He wasn't the first overall pick. And if I asked you who it was and you hadn't looked it up, you would have no idea who the first pick in the NBA draft was in 1956. From the Rochester Royals, yeah, that was a team, Cy Green of Duquesne University. Cy Hugo Green, his formal name. He was picked first. And then the Celtics and Red Arbach, who always would somehow get the goods on everybody, picked Tommy Heinzen with what was called at the time a territorial pick. Heinzen went to Holy Cross University, and there were territorial picks in the NBA. And then with the third pick, the St. Louis Hawks selected Bill Russell. Now, the crazy, interesting, I guess, part of this whole thing was how the Celtics came to get Bill Russell. He. Red Arback wanted him. He thought he was a difference maker. And by the way, uh, Phoenix Hill Richards, Cy Green, it's spelled S-I, not C-Y. He sent me C-Y Green. It's S-I. Cy Hugo Green. But the Royals, or excuse me, the uh, St. Louis Hawks, they wanted the current Celtic center, whose name was Ed McCauley. Ed McCauley. So they offered... The Celtics, Bill Russell, for Ed McCauley, but they wanted more because they knew that Red Arbach really coveted Bill Russell. So they asked the Celtics to throw in Cliff Hagen, former Kentucky Wildcat, who at the time was not in the NBA. He was serving in the military for three years. He hadn't played yet for the Celtics. Arbach didn't want to do it, but he ended up giving up Hagen and the Hawks made the trade. The Celtics also drafted Casey Jones, who was Russell's teammate at the University of San Francisco that same year. I don't know how the Celtics do it. Red Arback used to do it all the time. Remember in uh, 1978, I guess it was, 79, when he drafted Larry Bird when Bird was a junior and was not coming into the NBA the next year? He used a sixth pick in the draft on a guy that wasn't going to play for the Celtics that year. Nobody else knew you could do that at the time. Can't do it anymore. But at the time, nobody knew you could draft a player, and you held his rights up until the next draft. So once he got out of college, you had then had the opportunity to sign Larry Bird before draft day, which the Celtics did. So Larry Bird, six-round draft pick. I think it was the 79 draft. Well, no, it had to be the 78 draft because Bird went on to play in the 1979 NCAA championship game as a senior with Indiana State. Uh, I'm off track here because I want to talk about Bill Russell. I ended up talking about Red Arbott. Russell was a five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star. He only played 13 seasons in the league, 1956 to 1969, and he coached the Celtics. From 66 to 69, he was a player-coach, which again, another thing you don't see anymore. Maybe LeBron will try to do that at some point. Maybe when Bronny gets into the league, LeBron signs a league minimum contract so he can play on the same team of his son and maybe coach the team. Why not? Russell won two championships in his three seasons as Celtics head coach slash player. 11 titles in his 13-year career, two titles at the University of San Francisco, a gold medal in 1956 with the US Olympic team. He played in 21 elimination games in his career. 21. He won them all. 21 and 0 in elimination games. That's an unbelievable statistic. That counts high school? That counts College, where he won two titles at San Francisco, and the NBA. Presidential Medal of Freedom honoree. He was uh, more than a basketball player. He was an activist. He was an activist for black players. He was there the day Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. There, There are pictures of him on that balcony. So he was more than just a basketball player. And he made the game better for the players financially. In the NBA. But Bill Russell was 88, died at his home peacefully. Um, in uh, Washington State, by the way. Um, when you look at his accomplishments, by the way, Bill Clinton gave him the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. When you look at the numbers, again, 19. he never averaged more than 19 points a game. Uh, He's the all-time playoff leader in total and average rebounds per game. He averaged 24.9 rebounds per game in the NBA playoffs. 24.9. That's better than Wilt. Uh, It it goes on and on and on. Uh, He also coached after his Celtics days. He coached uh, for uh, Seattle. NBA career statistics. Let's see. Forty-two point three minutes per game. He only shot forty-four percent from the field in his NBA career, and fifty three percent. I'm sorry, fifty-six percent from the free throw line. He never averaged twenty-two and a half rebounds a game. assists per game. He's a great passer. And in his career, 15.1 points. Now, you're not going to be considered the greatest of all time when you average 15 points a game. That's the way it is. But Boston, it was a team game. He was not considered the star of those Celtics teams. Bob Cousy, Havlicek later. I mean, I never saw Bill Russell play. I'm 58 years old. and Yes, there I guess I could have seen him play. If if you I, I watched Sports Center yesterday and I've been looking at a lot of different things, but there are not a lot of archival videos of Bill Russell. Most of it is still photography. And there are some great photos, unbelievable photos. Photos that I would frame and put on my, you know, the wall of my man cave. But this was not only a great player. This was a great man, and biggest winner in the history of sport—eleven titles in thirteen years. That's unbelievable. Let's go to the Eminem Cardish phone line. Buzz Frank, I think, wants to add to this. Buzz, how are you?
1: No, I'm doing great, John. And you're right; I am old enough to have seen him play. I knew that was a was a Celtics fan when I was young, and and uh, he, he was just incredible. And you know, it was team first.
0: Too, yeah. By the way,
1: that. Uh, but, yeah, and regular season you mentioned his playoff, but regular season for his career, he averaged over twenty two rebounds per game, yep twenty two point one, yeah, and they didn't they they didn't record blocked shots back in the day, but uh, a lot of things I remember was when he blocked a shot. Unlike in today's game where they knock the ball five rows up into the seat.
0: And then you celebrate like you and, and you celebrate like you yeah. just won the NBA championship because you knocked the ball out Absolutely. of bounds and the other team gets to keep it anyway.
1: And he would control the ball and start a fast break and the Celtics would ultimately score at the other end.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and the Celtic the Celtics defense was predicated on funnel everybody into the middle because either they'll choke and, and just throw the ball away or they'll get their shot blocked.
0: I heard, Jerry West, I heard Jerry West being interviewed today on the way in here. And he loved Bill Russell, but he hated Bill Russell because he lost all of those championships to Bill Russell. Uh, Bill Russell, he said, was a, a great friend of his and gave him some of the best advice he ever had about trying to be happy in life, which Jerry West seldom was. But uh, he had nothing but the ultimate respect for a guy that just knocked him out of the finals every year, Bill Russell.
1: Yeah, and I can understand I can understand that. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. But uh yeah, and, and but yeah, it was just uh it was amazing to watch those Celtics teams play and back then, uh you didn't have college games, you, of course you didn't have ESPN, but they did televise the NBA and so you got to see those guys play and when he would go up against Chamberlain, I mean, th- those were uh, it's a shame that not enough video exists because yeah. those guys were Must watch, way right? ahead of their time.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you absolutely. you mentioned the block shots. Uh, a, a conservative estimate says that Bill Russell may have averaged four block shots a game. Now, most people think it was more than that. That's as conservative as it gets. If you consider that the number, then he would still to this day be the all-time leading shot blocker in NBA history. Right now, it's Akeem Olajuwon. Who averaged who averaged about four a game? But as far as games played, uh, Russell would have maybe thirty-five or forty more rebounds in his career than Akeem Olajuwon if he averaged four per game. Uh, and like I say, most most people will tell you that is a very conservative estimate. He it was probably closer to five a game.
1: Well, and you you think back. Another thing that they that you, we talk about a lot today is altered shots. And, I mean, that would that would be off any chart that they would have ever
0: had. Yeah.
1: And and granted, he was a lot bigger than a lot of the guys he played against at that time. But his timing was just exceptional, and he was so athletic. And, offensively, he's the one, when he was at San Francisco, that got the offensive goaltending rule implemented because they would just throw the ball up on the rim and let him
0: <laughs> dunk it. Go up there, grab it. It's going to be on the rim, but we don't care, Bill. Just put it in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A couple quick other things that I remember, and and this is just strictly from memory, but he was also, from what I understand, uh, you know, he had a good sense of humor. And I remember you mentioned Casey Jones a little bit ago. When Casey Jones retired, Bill Russell came out, and you couldn't do this today, but he said, here, I've got a present for you, Casey. And this was on national television. And he gave him a chauffeur's hat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I say, we don't need to go any no, further. No, no we're anyway. fine with
0: it. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to turn my mute button on for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bob it, and, Cousy was on that team. Um, and yeah. those, those guys in that day needed other jobs, if you remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. J.J. Reddick said a couple of weeks ago that Cousy was – overrated because he played with plumbers and firemen. Well, everybody was a plumber or a fireman because everybody had oh, yeah. to have another job. They weren't getting paid enough. It, it, Major League
1: Baseball, NFL, it was all the same. You, everybody worked in the offseason.
0: Uh, I appreciate it, Buzz, because I wanted some perspective as a person that never got to see Russell play. Uh, and, and, and you know, that's painful. To me, he's Babe Ruth. To me, he's Babe Ruth. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. he changed the game. But he's underappreciated, even Babe Ruth's underappreciated because you never actually got to see him play the game. You can see those reels of his little bitty legs, spin, uh, you know, spinning like a cartoon, running around the bases, and uh, you know, knocking the ball over the over the fence at Yankee, old Yankee, old, old, old Yankee Stadium. But if you never saw it yourself, it's really hard to uh, have perspective. So uh, I appreciate it, man. And,
1: and let me throw one other thing in about sure. Russell's. Sense of humor. He was interviewed on an NBA game at some point after he had retired, and I think it was in the the Bird Magic era. And the announcer who was interviewing him says, "Where do you see yourself in today's game, Bill? If you were to come in and play?" He said, "Oh, at six nine, I'd be a backup point guard." And I thought. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous rebounder, shot blocker, and he says, well, if I came in today, I couldn't compete with these guys. I'd be a backup point guard. And I thought, what a sense of humor and and uh, certainly a humble man for the way he
0: played. Thank you, Buzz. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your time, as always. Appreciate you, John. Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, and another point Jerry West made was, when you came into the lane, Jerry West said, it took me a couple of years to learn this, but when you go into the lane, you better know where he's at. And that's a point Buzz was making there. He was a shot alterer as much as he was a shot blocker, and he could handle the rock. He was a great assist man for a big man. Back then, throw it inside, he's going to try to score. Bill Russell wasn't like that. He would look for his teammates first because he knew he was limited as an offensive player and that his teammates were going to have better shots. And that's the kind of thing that wins you 11 titles in 13 years. Bill Russell gone at the age of 88 Passed away yesterday peacefully in his home in Washington State. We'll take a break, come back. I do have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Uh, NFL camps are underway. Hard knock starts a week from tomorrow on HBO. I'm excited about that. Maui Invitational matchups are set. We'll go over those as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Ready? Back Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage Hotline Open, 384 1450. To join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. That's how you get a text into the show, 414-1450. By the way, you'll want to be listening to KSR tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to break the news here, Jim. But a very interesting interview tomorrow, T.J. Walker has lined up. Uh, So, Big Blue Nation, if you're listening, Kentucky Sports Radio tomorrow, 7 to 9. Kentucky Roll Call. Man, I do that every time. That's awful. Kentucky Roll Call with T.J. and Nick tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, right here on the Big X. Big interview. T.J. Walker's got uh, set to go tomorrow. So, there you go. That's called a tease in the business. And it's not me. He's not interviewing me because that would be an unbelievable get. He's never going to get that one.
1: Well, you're not a tease. So.
0: Well, that's what that's what she said. All right. Are you uh, tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose them, break them, or worse you never even wear them because you don't want to get them dirty or lose them or break them? Well, your, your worries are over. Let me tell you about Shady Rays, an independent American-owned company started in Kentucky. Changing the way you wear sunglasses, Shady Rays offers an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Doesn't stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair backed by lost and broken replacements. You can lose them. You can break them. Even on day one. I can go out to the Cardinal Club after the show today and pick up some free swag after the uh, the golf scramble, the media golf scramble, which I was not invited to uh, participate in this year. I don't understand why I played in it uh, several times. But in any event, I'm going to ride out there, pick up some swag. Maybe uh, a golf cart runs over my uh, Shady Rays. Guess what? I get a new pair free of charge. That's the lost and broken replacement guarantee warranty by Shady Rays. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout. For 25% off all adult shades, that's ShadyRays.com. And if I do break a pair of mine, I've got two more. So I'm not, you know, really that worried about it. All right, uh, a couple news and notes here. Hard Knocks is a week and a day away. You, If you listen to this show at all, you know that I love Hard Knocks on HBO. In season is going to be fun this year. They pick up a team about midway through the season. And it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. This year, which is great, with the whole Kyler Murray stuff going on, Uh, we'll be halfway through the season, so we'll see how he's playing. If the studying that he's doing is actually working out, but preseason starting next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, HBO Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions. I don't know how excited I am about the Detroit Lions. By the way, NFL came out with the uh, their most. I don't know how to put this. Their most valuable franchises, the Dallas Cowboys, as always, were number one, $7.6 billion is what the Cowboys are worth. I think Jerry Jones bought them for, I don't know, just a few million. Now they're worth $7.6 billion. Uh, last on the list, not the Detroit Lions, their bottom five, but last on the list, Super Bowl runner-up Cincinnati Bengals, the least valuable team in the NFL. Wow. I hope that gets better after the year. I, I would have thought that would have gotten better. Now, this takes everything into account. Stadium, um, you know, salaries of the players, everything. They are the least valuable franchise. So you can get a deal if you want to buy the Bengals right now. That's all I'm saying. Uh Reed Detmers threw an immaculate inning last night, the former Louisville Cardinal, now pitching for the Los Angeles Angels, the Rangers beat the Angels 5-2, but Detmers had an immaculate inning. It's a rare rarity, but it is nine pitches, three strikeouts. That's it in one inning. And Reed Detmers, former Cardinal, was able to uh, get that done yesterday. All right, the Maui Invitational matchups have been set. Starts uh, Monday, November 21st in, uh, obviously, Maui. Uh, I got to get on Dugan here to get me out there because I think I need to cover this uh, this tournament. This is huge, Jim. I think we sh- we should probably. Yeah. I need a producer. Well, there you go. So we should probably both um, both uh, head to Maui on on Dugan's dime.
1: Well, if we create a united front, maybe he wouldn't have any choice.
0: Yeah, if I cre- if we create a united front, <laughs> once he fires you, it'll be a divided uh, front yeah, because uh, I'm saying, like, okay, all right, I'm soft. <laughs> Uh, Louisville will play Arkansas 5 o'clock Eastern time on that Monday, November 21st, on ESPN2. The Cards and Arkansas. Arkansas expected to contend uh, for the SEC championship. That's a tough draw. The uh, upper half of that bracket, Texas Tech and Creighton will play the first game that day, followed by Louisville-Arkansas. Bottom half of the bracket is Ohio State against San Diego State and Cincinnati versus Arizona, semifinal and consolation play continues the next day. Championship game on Wednesday, November 23rd. Tips off at 5 Eastern time on ESPN. So the cards get Arkansas. We'll delve more into that uh, the closer it gets. All right, the Deshaun Watson uh, suspension has been handed down, or at least it's uh, it's it's been leaked. It's going to be handed down. Six games is what uh, Judge Sue Robinson decided Deshaun Watson would get, a six-game suspension. That is roughly uh, six out of uh, 17 games for sexual misconduct. I don't want to call it assault. I want to call it sexual misconduct, and I'll tell you why. Because the judge, and keep in mind this is a a judge, a mediator, that was uh, selected by both the NFL and the Players Association, They had to agree upon. The judge's words are interesting here because she said, "Now keep in mind that the NFL wanted at least a full year suspension. The Players Association wanted two games to four games. It ends up being six games. They could not agree. They could not meet in the middle. The NFL would not budge. And I think if the NFL and – Players Association had come together and said eight games at some point. Both agreed to it. That's what we would have had. But they couldn't because the NFL wants to look like they are making a statement here. Six games is the punishment. And the NFL does now have three days to appeal that. Which is very interesting. Because on the one hand, they want to get past this. The season starts in just over a month. There's a game this Thursday. The Hall of Fame game is this Thursday. It's the Jaguars. I don't even know who they're playing. Don't even care. I, don't even know. I only know it's the Jaguars because I accidentally saw it. But the NFL, they've got two options. Let it go. Accept the punishment. And move on. And hope that the 40% of their viewership, which is female, doesn't pounce on the NFL and say, how could you not appeal this? The other option is to appeal it, and the interesting part that I don't think the union understood when they made this deal is the appeal goes to Roger Goodell. Before this collective bargaining agreement, Roger Goodell was the judge, jury, executioner in all of these all of these uh, cases, whether it was Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady for Deflategate, Ray Rice, whoever it was, Adrian Peterson, the NFL, and Roger Goodell decided, and that was it. You could appeal it, but you would—you were appealing to the same guy who just decided the punishment. Kind of a tough, tough task. Now, if the NFL appeals, it still goes to Roger Goodell, and we know Roger Goodell wanted at least one year. He wanted an indefinite suspension, which basically may, meant banishment unless you appealed and were allowed back in. But the NFL would have settled for one-year suspension. The interesting part here is that they can appeal it now, and Roger Goodell makes the final decision, and there's nothing the union can do about it. If they appeal it, and Roger Goodell says, all right, one full year, then it's one full year. There's no appeal process at that point for the player's union or the player himself. I think the NFL has to appeal here. They have to. Optically. They have to appeal. If they don't. What does it say that Tom Brady got four games for deflating footballs and Deshaun Watson got six games for sexual misconduct? What does that say? What does that say to your female fan base? Well, you know, those balls that Brady deflated, that was critical to those wins over the uh, Indianapolis Colts back in the day. So uh, he was cheating and he lied to us about it. One thing Deshaun Watson's camp has going for them, at least according to his lawyers, is that we have been open and upfront about everything that went on. Now, we haven't heard it. It'll be interesting to see if the entire report from Judge Sue Robinson comes out. I would hope the NFL would want transparency, but the NFL plays by their own rules. They always have. The portions of the decision that we have heard are a little troublesome. Judge Sue Robinson said that Deshaun Watson clearly displayed a pattern of behavior that was egregious. However, it was, and this is a term I've never heard before, nonviolent sexual conduct. I would ask the women, the 24 women who originally filed lawsuits and the 60-plus women that actually have given massages to Deshaun Watson in the past, I would ask them if they would have considered it nonviolent sexual contact conduct. Because sexual conduct to me is sexual conduct. Here's what I imagine happened in almost all of these cases, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if this is the truth. But when you read this ruling or the portions of this ruling that have been leaked out so far, the question that comes to mind is, what is nonviolent sexual conduct? So he goes for a massage. He wants a little more than a massage. He's, it, it sounds like he wants a prostitute. So what does he do? A little tap on the fanny? Can't do that. Inappropriate touch elsewhere? Can't do it. And then they say no, and he backs off immediately. Is Does that make it nonviolent? I have a lot of women that would tell you, no, no, it's still violent. It's still touching me when I did not ask to be touched. So nonviolent sexual conduct. It's an interesting term. One term I did not see throughout was therapy. Has he gotten any help? Because the first part of that statement was a pattern of behavior that was egregious. Pattern is an important word here. He's done this a lot. A lot. Admittedly, he's done it a lot. Has anybody said, has anybody in the Cleveland Browns organization said, hey, Deshaun, we're going to set you up with some some therapy, get you a little help here, try to try to get you to figure out why you do this, what can get you to stop doing it? Because as far as I know, he's still the same person. He's still Deshaun Watson football player, three of the four remaining civil suits were settled overnight. How about that? How about that? There's one suit left that hasn't been settled. And by the way, Deshaun Watson got a check today. He got his first installment of his signing bonus. His guaranteed signing bonus was $45 million. He got $15 million today. Here you go. Go settle some lawsuits. (sighs) The NFL is not going to be able to appear weak here. Because if you don't appeal this, you appear weak. And the NFL, with all their we-do-it-our-way rules, they do not want to appear weak. So I think they appeal this suspension. And I think Roger Goodell adds at least a couple of games here. He's not going to say, okay, that judge is completely wrong. This is a system we agreed to, and now we don't like it, so I'm going to give him a year. He's not going to do that. He's going to say we disagree with this judgment. We certainly thought it should have been at least a year, but we respect the process, and we're going to add two games. That's what's going to end up happening, in my opinion. It's going to be an eight-game suspension. Monetarily, Deshaun Watson and his camp are laughing all the way to the bank because he's only making a million dollars this year. Six-game suspension—he's going to lose about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Last year, a season that he did not play a game in for the Houston Texans, he he made twenty-five million dollars. Had this been decided last year he would have lost about approximately $11.5 million for a six-game suspension. He's losing 350000 of a million. But it doesn't touch his signing bonus, which is $45 million, $15 million of which he got on a check today. I'd like to be at the bank. Yeah, I'd like to deposit this. Here you go. 15. It's, I don't know, $15 million. Can you mobile deposit that? I I would hope he could because I don't think he wants to. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be seen in public right now. He <laughs> gotta be smiling right now. And the Browns, you know, they took a chance here. Jimmy Haslam and the ownership, they took a chance. They they structured this contract where it makes it look like he's, you know what, he's guilty. He's gonna get suspended, but we don't want Baker Mayfield around anymore. We need a quarterback. And they gotta be happy right now. And he's got to be happy. Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback in Cleveland right now for six games. And if they're two and four, all of a sudden, here comes Deshaun Watson to the rescue. I wonder how many fans, especially female fans, the Browns are going to lose. I would think it would be a large number. But we'll see. NFL fans are ridiculously loyal. They're ridiculously loyal. Trust me. I was for a long time with the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, uh, I know. Yeah, I know. He's he's a rapist, but you know what? He can he can rush the quarterback. But he is good. I know, I know he killed his girlfriend, but you know what? She made him mad. It was, you know, you gotta give a little blame here on her. She made him mad and and plus he makes our four three defense a lot better. So you got that fan out there that's just gonna be be a Browns fan no matter what. I personally will pull against the Browns every time they play with or without Deshaun Watson on the field because part of this is an ownership problem too. When you structure the contract the way they did, $230 million guaranteed, but only a million this season? Yeah, that's, uh, that's called enabling. That's enabling. The Texans did it, and now the Browns are doing it. And he's also, by the way, can only, according to, to this judge, he can only get massages now that are approved by the Cleveland Brown organization. What? First of all, if you want to give him rubbed out, don't call him massages anymore. That's a trigger word right now with Deshaun Watson. Jeez Louise. All right, we'll take a break. I know I'm up, I'm way past break time, but I had to get a little bit off my chest here. Six games for Watson. We'll see if the NFL appeals. We'll be back to wrap things up. Look at a little baseball news as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. It, on the X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio final segment of the day. Last chance to get in on the m M&M and hotline, 384-1450. To join in on the discussion, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member wins $10,000 all summer long with the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and you are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Hot Dogs, Bud Light 12-Packs, Large Doritos, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, many, many more, using your Refreshing Rewards card. That is Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. By the way, they are not a sponsor, I don't think, but shout-out to Mitch Craig Heating and Air. They got in here Friday, uh, about halfway through the show, and the air condition is working. Uh, I will say, sing their praises till the end of September, mm-hmm. Jim. How you feeling in there?
1: Uh, it feels a lot better. I was here the weekend. It oh, went out. Man. It was ninety-one degrees in the building when I was
0: running that bats game Saturday night. Mitch Craig, Heating and Cooling. Thank you. It's almost cold in here. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, Louis Castillo traded to the Seattle Mariners. The Reds pitcher uh, over the weekend. Uh, the obvious. News here is the Reds have given up, and they should, and we're going to get what we can. They got four young prospects, including three of the top five in the Seattle farm system, three of the uh, top five players that were named uh, top prospects in the Mariners organization. That is a good thing. Uh, And it also signals that the Mariners are not going to give up here. They're not going quietly into that good night, even though they lost three in a row at, at Uh, At home against Houston last weekend, two out of three against Houston in Seattle this weekend, they want one of those wild card spots. Keep in mind, the Mariners of Seattle are the longest tenured team to not be in the playoffs. 2001 is the last time they made the playoffs. That's a long time ago. They won 116 games that year. Lou Piniello was the manager. Uh, But they... Got beat in the uh, AL Championship Series. Never made it to the World Series. And since then, they have not made it to the playoffs. So uh, they're all in. They went and got Luis Castillo. Uh, to add him to a couple of other former Reds, Winker and Eugenio Suarez. I don't know if getting former Reds is how you get to the playoffs. It seems kind of silly. But uh, that's a great pickup. They've got another year of a, of a con- control club control over, over – uh, Castillo after this year as well. So that's a good thing for the Mariners. NFL News, Debo Samuel signed finally with the San Francisco 49ers, a three-year, $73.5 million extension. It'll keep him with the Niners for uh, an extra three years. That sigh of relief you hear is quarterback Trey Lance in San Francisco saying, oh, thank goodness. Debo Samuel had 57 carries in 15 games last year. So he's going to carry the ball. About four times a game, at least he did last season. And with Garoppolo gone and Trey Lance the quarterback now, I expect him to probably get more carries of the football as much as as many as receptions uh, because he is just going to be an integral part of that San Francisco offense. Reds beat Baltimore three two yesterday. They won two out of three against the Orioles. I tried to tell my man Ed. The Reds are not going to lose 100 games. He won't listen to me. Um, Look, my wife doesn't listen to me, but that one I understand. When I'm talking to you about the Cincinnati Reds, Ed, you should listen to me. The Reds, by the way, moved out of the cellar in the National League Central yesterday. Pirates uh, got swept by the Phillies. The Reds now are a half game ahead of Pittsburgh for last place in the National League Central. Now they're still 40 and 61. They're still 16 and a half games behind the Milwaukee Brewers, but the Reds, as I mentioned, are not going to lose 100 games. It's that simple. They open up a set in Miami tonight. Hunter Green, who's 3 and 12 with a 559 ERA, but his upside's good. That's what I love to hear about a guy. He's 3 and 12. Yeah, but his upside, <laughs> look out. He can be really good. Okay. Uh Jesus Lazardo goes for Miami he's 2 and 3 with a 4.03 earn run average. My favorite series of course Seattle and the Yankees tonight starts uh, a series tonight. That should be fun and Dodgers Giants also should be uh a nice little series although the, the Giants are struggling. They did take 3 out of 4 at home against the Cubs. Um but Dodgers Dodgers and Yankees are no longer the best teams in baseball in my opinion. Uh the New York Mets And the Houston Astros, for my money, that's the World Series right now. Mets-Astros. Mets uh, completed a three-game sweep over the weekend of the Miami Marlins in Miami while the Braves swept Arizona. So the Braves are still three games back at 62-41. The defending champs, uh, they're pretty much a lock now to get into the playoffs. In fact, I think there's a playoff probability projection the uh, Mets are 99.8% to get in the playoffs. The Braves are 98.5% as a second-place team. Then when you go to the uh, National League West, the Dodgers are considered 100%. Okay, I got a problem with that because they're 68-33. and 33. That's 101 games, if my math is right. They've got 61 games left. What if they lose them all? I mean, that's not good. But what if they lose them? Nothing is 100% until it's 100%. They are 100%, according to CBSSports.com, to make the playoffs. Also on that list, 80.3% are the Milwaukee Brewers. And then the Phillies and Padres. Padres just a, a scotch above the Phillies there. Phillies uh, swept Pittsburgh. They won four Uh, In a row, they've actually won five in a row, and all of a sudden the Phillies look like a playoff team. Padres took two out of three at home against Minnesota. American League, all right, the Yankees have that 100% mark as well. So does Houston. I know they're going to the playoffs. I just don't enjoy the absolute certainty here. Teams fall off the face of the earth all the time. Now, obviously, not that poorly. Here's an interesting one for you. I like that. This. this one makes me a little, a little worried. The Twins lead the American League Central by a game over Cleveland and two games over the White Sox. The Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, who are in second place, are 57.7% to get to the playoffs. The White Sox, who are in third place, are 56.9%. The Twins, who are in first place, 33.2%. Somebody's going to ha- I know you look at strength of schedule, what, the, I mean, what who they have to play left, all of that stuff. How can you be in first place on August 1st and only have a 33.2% chance to go to the playoffs? Obviously, only one team out of that division is going to the playoffs. And according to the analysts, the numbers tell me it's probably going to be Cleveland or the White Sox. They're, only, they're separated by less than a percentage point. The Mariners are still 69.5%, so they got a shot. Toronto, who's hot again, they uh, did they sweep? No, they won three out of four against Detroit this weekend. They're 95.9%. The Tampa Bay Rays, 68.4%. Here's another one. The Orioles are, uh, well, just a half game ahead of the Red Sox. Red Sox are 14%. Orioles are 2%. I don't understand that. They're, they're all playing the same teams here the rest of the season. Now, maybe the Orioles got a lot more games left with the Yankees and the Astros than the Red Sox do. I I would be a little bit surprised by that. Columbus beat the Bats uh, yesterday 4-1. to one. Now, Saturday night, the Bats were victorious on SpongeBob SquarePants night. Did you see those uniforms? As glorious as the Iron Man uniforms were that the Bats wore, the SpongeBob – they were, they were awful. Bats on the road for the next two weeks. They're in Indianapolis this week, Iowa next week. Nick Kern will bring you all the action from the road. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be back at it tomorrow. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.